Slap quack. I was just going to say, like, I have a new sound effect thing to play with today. Normally, I have my um, my duck. Yep. And um, and I mean, that's really about it. But I have uh, we went to a movie last night uh, called Turbo Kid, which was really funny, super bloody, not good for kids, but it was a it was a pretty fun movie. We had a good time, but it's like a late 80s, early 90s throwback type movie. Mm hmm. And uh, done with the effects effects budgets of those to- of that time, of course, in Canada. So Canadian oh. effects budgets from the nineties, and um, because it was from the nineties, uh, they gave out slap bracelets if you bought a drink at the theater. <laughs> okay. So I have slap bracelets now. So I, I have this really rad slap bracelet that is rainbow tiger stripe. And I will, I'll take a picture of it to show you guys, but it, it, and now I have this to play with now. So it's like, it's just like pure nineties sound right there. That's, that's that is nineties in a sound effect. That's, that's good radio, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. It, here, you want to listen to it again? It's like, can you, can, can you do the slap followed by a quack? And <laughs> Whoa, Tim, Tim. Can you slap quack? That sounds like something you do in the 90s. That does sound like something you do in the 90s. There you go. Yes. See, that's good. That's good radio. Oh, man. There's our intro right there. You're welcome. So the game I have tonight is like... (laughs) I I came up with it like an hour ago. I'm like, oh, this will be a rad mix-up to what I usually do. This will work. Now I'm thinking about it, and I might just have to improv how it's actually going to work when we oh do it. Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. This it's is going to be, be exciting. Great. Oh, it's going oh to be something. <laughs> Welcome to We Should Know Better, the podcast where we hitchhike through Wikipedia. I am Sky. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. And if you haven't listened before, what we do here is um, I'm going to be hosting tonight, and Tim and Kyle are going to compete to get from one specific Wikipedia page to another, only using the links within pages. You're going down, Tim. Oh, man. What? You're going down. What? I didn't know we were supposed to start talking smack. Oh, well. Oh, oh. I, oh, I'm sorry. I, you, I didn't realize. And we never really, we've done so it both. mean? I, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tim. You know, I'm just out. I'm, I'm, you guys, you win. You know what? You win. Fine. Jeez. Is this the end of the podcast? Will the trio ever work together again? I think we'll be fine, yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to be okay. What We never really, we mix it up sometimes. I'm going to have you guys choose. Do you want to know the pages beforehand, before we do the the game, or do you want to know after? Should I leave you in suspense? Like after we get there? Like, that's the page. You got there. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) 16 hours later. Good episode. Let's do this again next week. Yep, it was liposuction. Good night, everybody. Uh, um, hmm, hmm, hmm. I mean, it's really going to be a difference of like five minutes, right? Yeah. Between okay, I, I say we let's find out. No, let's just do it blind. Let's just go blind. Okay. Okay. All right. So. Now, I don't have as much time to figure out how I'm going to do this game. Okay, um, well, you can tell us. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. You can okay. tell us if, it's, if, it, okay. if it helps you out. I this guess. is going to be a variation 
of mm. what we of like the drag race, like the wiki drag race I had you Ooh. guys do. Um, usually, you know, I give you a page and then I tell you something that's on the page, like a link, and then you have to find it and then click on it and then, you know, say what the, the first sentence of that page to prove you're there. Yep. This time I've almost turned it around and made it more like Jeopardy, where I'm going to give you what's on that page and you have to find that link. Whoa. But then I don't know how I'm going to, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a drag race. Um, it's just hmm. going to be a drag. <laughs> Here's how I'm going to do it. I think I have, I think I have a solution. Okay. I'm going to. Hmm. You could mm. just alternate between us to see which one of us gets the most of them. Yeah, but that's not that interesting. Well, oh, I don't know burn. if anything of this Fine. is interesting. But geez, what I'm going to do is I have one, two, three, four, five. Six times a lady. What? Six, seven. Okay. <laughs> Here's how we're going to do it. Um, This could be really boring. If it's, you know, you can just ask takes... us a question like, what kind of chicken would you think it would be or something? <laughs> that's what I do. I know. <laughs> Tim, I love you. That was amazing. <laughs> Here's how we're going to do it. I if really it, like that that's the first thing that, like, what kind of chicken? If you were any chicken. If it goes too long, then... Um, we'll do the chicken thing. We'll do the <laughs> No, I'll just, I was just going to say I'd edit out all the dead, the dead space. <laughs> no, no, chicken thing. All right. Here's, here. <laughs> no chicken thing. Here's how we're going to do this. I have... I have seven things here. Okay. 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 I, I acknowledge this. Yes. Uh, no. I accept this either. <laughs> I accept these this outline. Yes. Okay. Um, Your concede is noted. All right. You know what? This is how we'll do, we're just gonna do. We'll just do the dragways version. Dragways. The problem. The dragways. <laughs> <laughs> the problem I have though is like. It's okay, it might be hard to keep up. So you might just get lost and then <laughs> just destroyed. But there's only seven, so that's not too bad. Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to give you the first um, the first sentence on a Wikipedia page that I want you to go to. Oh, man. You have to figure out what, what that page is going to be. Find the link without using like the find function of your browser. Got it. Within the page that I'm having you start at. And I guess the first one to just like click on it. And when you say it out loud, like like the page name. Mm -hmm. Then I'll give you the description of the next one. The other person will get, you know, will 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 suddenly know what it is, but they might already know. And I guess that's a good catch up mechanic. Yeah, that, now, I, I think that so, this solves itself. So the the next one, the link to the next one is on the current page. Right? Yes. Okay. Right. What page are we starting on? You are starting on a 1942 oil on canvas painting by Edward Hopper that portrays people oh, in a downtown the diner. Right. Yep. So go oh, to the night house. Dang it! Yep. Right. You guys ready? Yes! Alright, a 1932 American pre-code gangster film starring Paul Mooney as Antonio Tony Camonte? Wow. Camo nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I should, maybe I should have read these out loud. Uh, Scarface. A website launched in 1988 devoted to film reviews and news. It is widely known as a film review aggregator. Oh, man, that's, uh... Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Dang it! <laughs> a Hong Kong actor, martial artist, film director, producer, stuntman, and singer 
In his movies, he is known for his acrobatic fighting style, comic timing, use of impro improvised weapons, and innovative stunts. Jackie Chan. On this page? An 8-bit home video game console that was developed and manufactured by Nintendo. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Oh, gosh, where's the link on here? That would be... The NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. The final page. An input device consisting of a stick that pivots on a base and reports its angle or direction to the device it is controlling. Oh my gosh. Where would that be on this uh, page? Joystick. No! Boom! Tim gets it. No! Nice oh, job. No. It's right there. Joystick is right joystick. there. Yeah, I figured oh. you guys would go deep that and think that it was really far down, but it was not. I did. I did actually do that exact thing. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, it's weird because the NES doesn't have a joystick. I mean, yeah. if, if you had a, a third party, not a third party, but like a, a different peripheral, you had the NES Advantage. Ooh. It had eight-way directions. Oh, man. That was really cool, actually. That worked out nicely. Yeah, that almost yeah, worked out good. better than the other one <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> the other way of doing it. You win. So you, so you get to start. This Do I get page? to choose where we start? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yes. In an unprecedented, <laughs> unprecedented turn of events, you do. You actually get to host this week. You get Let's to choose. Show over. Which, uh. What page do you want to start on? You don't know what where you're going. Chicken. Chicken? No, no we can't we're do not that. starting on chicken. Why are we not starting on chicken? Because I want to start where you were wanted to start. No, nope, we're starting on chicken. No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> The oh. secret, the secret, the correct answer to this riddle is what is the page that Sky originally wanted us to start <laughs> on. <laughs> okay, okay, we won't start on chicken. We'll start on Star Wars. There is, in fact, a dis different page for chickens as food. <laughs> of course there is. It disambiguates to chicken, chicken as food, for the broader species of which chickens form a subspecies, see red jungle fowl, which... Oh my gosh. Red jungle fowl? Yes. I'm starting on, on red I'm, jungle I'm fowl. This. Hold on, hold on. It's a tropical member of the Fizzidante family. Holy cow. There's a gray jungle and a green jungle fowl. Man. What? Those are cool looking rooster things. These are awesome. Male red jungle fowl in a tree. All right. Okay. Star Wars. Star Wars is where we're starting. Star Wars. And you guys got to get to Mark Twain. Oh, Mark Twain. See, Ooh. I was like, you, you can get to Mark Twain anyway, any which way. That's why I'm like, chicken? Sure. Chicken you could do. Star Wars is a classic example of really neat special effects and cool characters trumping awful writing. Ooh, burn. Ooh, burn. <laughs> also, also a good example of a stolen movie from another country that is put in a different setting and made in and suddenly made super popular because we didn't understand the other country's story. Sure. Have you, have you guys ever seen? Um, I've never heard of that, but the hidden fortress. No. What? It's a Kurosawa film that is Star Wars. Oh, yeah, it's no samurai. It's samurai and in, in feudal Japan and a general a undefeated general uh, like a uh, cocksure general uh with his really fast horse uh and a untested young knight essentially young uh samurai save a uh a princess under who is under imperial rule oh 
Do yeah. they escape through a, a garbage Does... compactor? Kind of. Is Chewie played by a Tanuki? No, but uh, there are two kind of like uh, manual laborers who kind of go through the entire film picking at each other, and one is tall and nerdy, and the other is short and practical and funny. And they and you get to see the whole story through their point of view, essentially. And wow, man, it just it just feels so familiar for some weird reason. That is weird. It, it especially because Lucas saw saw this movie before he actually wrote Star Wars, and oh, it's so strange that hmm. weird. It it's actually really good too because the um, the film uh, the. The Hidden Fortress actually uses some really, uh, at the time, like really new effects of like shooting, shooting film while on horseback or and, and some sword fights on horseback that just you could not do at that time, up to that time. Um, it was so impressive. And in fact, it's a really good movie and you should watch it, which is and it's so much better than Star Wars. Sorry. Cool. The Hidden Fortress. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wrecked your uh, your game there, Sky. Find it on Netflix. What? Just wrecked your game. What do you Just? mean wrecked my game? Hey, starting on Star Wars, but there's this really other cool place to start. Yeah, we could start a better instead. movie. I'm just Ooh. saying, we could start anywhere. We just gotta get to Mark Twain. <laughs> He's pretty much like the Kevin Bacon of Wikipedia, I'm pretty sure. Pretty much, yeah. Let's see if it's even on this page. So let's see. I didn't check to see if it was on this page. Oh, so there we are. Could just be right here. It has thematic parallels with Akira Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress in that is it, it is the exact same movie. Yeah, he had to actually rewrite it, it says. It says he, like, the first script was uh, rejected dun, because dun, it was dun. too complicated, too difficult to understand. It, it is so a slightly made... obtuse story. Mm-hmm. But then so is... Well, then he rewrote it to be more like The Hidden Fortress. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... There you go. You should be, you should watch that movie instead. Okay. okay. Uh, so, so is there anything else um, anyone would like to say about Star Wars? <laughs> Maybe that's, I should. That's what I thought. I should check to make sure one of us really likes Star Wars. <laughs> uh, how, how do you guys feel about about Wait. Star Wars? Do we really not? What? So, like, what about Star Wars? <laughs> what sucks? about Star Wars? <laughs> That's a good question. What about Star Wars? I, I'm just like picturing our subscriber <laughs> number just dwindling. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't suck. I just think that the other movie's better. That's all. Yeah, I haven't actually seen Star Wars in a long time, and I remember trying to watch them at my uncle's when I was a kid. Yeah. And trying to watch like all three of them in a day, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> what am I watching all this stuff? <laughs> like um one of my friends is really into the Star Wars trading card game. Okay. And so I'll play that with him just just as something to do. And like there's so many references and stuff to things that I'm like, this was in the first three movies? That's weird. I had no How idea. Did that happened. What? That's yeah. That's, that's yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff in it. A big universe to fall into. Yeah. And like I, I grew up watching, you know, the first three films and I and I loved them. Oh yeah, they're great growing up with, and then I'm like, then the the next three came out, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. It's continuing, and I, I start watching them, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, painful. Like, the actual story in these are awful, and I kind of like it's 
you know, the, the nostalgia just sort of got wiped away. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like a million nostalgic voices screaming <laughs> okay all right. and then silence or something it's, okay yeah i'm sure someone knows the line out there yeah yeah it's almost like they're separate like franchises almost they well, don't even feel like the same sort of movie same sort of universe it's true i uh i kind of did grow up with them a little bit off and on but like we never watched them as kids i didn't really see them until i was probably in high school um I don't know. I've just never been that tied to it. Yeah, me neither. I'm I'm kind of excited for the next movie. Um cuz it looks like it could be good, but we'll see how it goes. Have we always had these icons up in the corner of the Wikipedia page? Which one? You see this like this green plus sign? Oh, this is a good it's article. Like, it says this is a good article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is objectively Maybe good this article. is the only good article that Wikipedia has deemed good. Wow. Good articles are considered to be of good quality, but to, are not yet as qualified qualified as featured articles. Right. But to have wow. to have people on Wikipedia agreeing that everything in a Star Wars article is good. Mm, it's that, impressive. that is like Nobel Peace Prize worthy uh, stuff. Yeah, it is. The uh, there are other good articles listed here, recently listed good articles on the same level of quality as Star Wars is Cincinnati Chili. Uh, John Clark, the Baptist minister, Ghost Town, Madonna song, uh, the BK Chicken Fries, <laughs> Battle Toads Arcade, and the Pygmy Slow Loris. Beautiful. That is esteemed company. All as good as Star Wars. So where are you going, Tim? I am going to. So so Mark Twain was a writer. He was. Yeah. And George Lucas calls himself a writer. Yes. So I'm going to click on George Lucas. Oh, okay. All right. Going right to the man himself. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I like your plan, but I'm actually going to go through, I, and you guys may need to correct me on this. Uh, Twain was the one who wrote uh, a kid, uh, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, right? Yes. That's All right. Correct. Well, then I'm clicking on Knighthood because that's <laughs> here as well. Nice. I thought you were, were going to be like, I'm going to click on Night Court. Night Court. <laughs> Knighthood. Oh, man, is that on here? Hang on. It would be. <laughs> if it would Knight be. All right. Court. Nope, not on here. And that takes you to Night. All right, so now we're on George Lucas, which is almost <laughs> as great as being on Star Wars. <laughs> oh, oh, Lucas. <laughs> so, I mean, George Lucas has not only dealt with Star Wars. Uh, of course, he made the Indiana Jones franchises, which is... Which is cool. Yeah, those are great. <laughs> Which I, is cool. I have no problems. Well, I mean, I haven't seen the later films, so I can't really vouch for Crystal Skull or anything it like okay. that. It's um, not good, but I, I found it surprisingly fun in a couple other ways. But yeah. yes. yes. That's my sentiments exactly. Um, American Graffiti is a nice little piece of film Americana. Oh, yeah. That's got the uh, the kid from Happy Days in it, Ron Howard. Yeah. Who's now a director himself. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and also. and. In in college, I had to watch THX one one three eight, which was a film he oh. wrote and directed in nineteen seventy one. And I watched that. Is I don't know what that is. It's strange. Even after you watch it, you won't know what it it's is. It's like a dystopian, mm. not quite like nineteen eighty four ish, but more like it's like nineteen eighty four and Clockwork Orange kind of mix. Ooh, it's really weird. okay. Yep. Interesting. Let's see. 
Um, so Star Wars uh, at the time was the highest grossing film. Do you know what film uh, took its place five years later? Uh, Jaws, if I'm... You're close. It's the same director. Oh, really? Yeah. E.T. Yeah. Oh, The yeah, worst movie that. ever. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, I hate that What? Movie. The worst you, movie? You hate E.T. It's terrifying. Oh, oh my gosh, oh. really? <laughs> I was so scared. <laughs> Even when we ride the ride in, in uh, Universal Studios, it's still really freaky. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not well, into I mean, it at all. I know all. that that's a general fear of yours. I didn't know that that... Oh yeah. And specifically that that is a fear. Anyway, yeah, I guess it wow. did well cuz people are horrible. <laughs> so they Lucas are. Lucas has donated a lot of money in his lifetime. Uh in 2005 he gave 1 million to help build the Martin Luther King Jr. National Memorial on the National Mall in Washington DC. On September 19, 2006, uh USC announced that uh, Lucas had donated 175 to 180 million to his alma mater to expand the film school. Mm. Uh, and in 2013, Lucas and his wife, uh, Melody Hobson, donated $25 million to After School Matters, uh, a Chicago-based not-for-profit, which I'm not exactly sure what that does, <laughs> what that is. It's just a, you know, <sighs> non-profit. George Lucas has won the uh, Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Screenplay for Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Well-deserved. Yes. <laughs> So, geez, writing, writing, um, but no, that's not going to click. That's not going to click through to where I want it to go to. It's going to click through to Academy Award for writing original screenplay. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not going there. Um, Lucas has said that he is a fan of Seth MacFarlane's hit TV show, Family Guy, another show with great writing. Um, I was being sarcastic. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I, I totally agree. I was, I was not. I wasn't saying anything because I was letting that just fall because that's exactly true. Yes. So I am not sure if this is going to get me closer to where I want to be, but it kind of has that feeling to it. So I'm going to go to uh, Lucas is a major collector of the American illustrator and painter, Norman Rockwell. Oh, I want to feel that Norman Rockwell and Mark Twain have some sort of connection. Yeah. Could it be America? Awesome awesome Americans. America. Because yes. Nice. All right. So you're going to Norman Rockwell. Yep. That's amazing. Very well nice. done, Tim. All right, Kyle, you're at night. I am at night. Good night. Uh, uh so knights, guys. They're they're dudes with swords. Hang on. Uh they are specifically they are a person granted an honorary title of knighthood by a monarch or other political leader for service to the monarch or country, especially in a military capacity. I have to share with you guys the image at the very top of this page <laughs> because it looks it looks disturbingly like this knight and this monarch are fighting over control of this sword, much less actually knighting this dude. Yeah, kind of. I'm not sure. That or this, the knight's trying to like hand the sword to the king. Like, and the here, king's like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly. Like, <laughs> oh, this sword? No, no, no. no, no. I couldn't possibly take this oh, sword. Oh, you're, you're, you're too nice. It, no. <laughs> Uh, so the, by, uh, let's see, according to this, uh, during the high middle ages, knighthood was considered a class of lower nobility, um, which surprises me because we have so many stories about <laughs> knights. I mean, what I do you mean, 
Well, I mean, I don't know why it would be lower nobility. Oh, well, I mean, lower nobility is, is still, like, friggin' awesome in medieval I, times. I guess that's true. Anything below, like, lower nobility is basically, you, you live in poop. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate? How do you know he's the king? He's just, he you know. shite all over him. <laughs> <laughs> So, since the early modern period, it says the title of knight is purely honorific, which I read initially as horrific. And we're like, whoa, geez. Uh, usually bestowed upon, bestowed by a monarch, as in the British honors system, often for non-military service to the country. Modern female equivalent is dame, which surprises me. I mean, I really feel like there should be a cooler, like, I, is it like dame knight or just dame? Because knight dame. I think it should be, yeah, either like Dame Knight or, or Knight Dame, because yes, obviously. Yeah, Dame doesn't have as much, uh, I don't know. Yeah, It doesn't sound as military. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, some orders of knighthood, such as the Knights Templar, have become the subject of legend. Others have disappeared into obscurity. Uh, today, a number of orders of knighthood continue to, to exist in several countries. Oh, wow. Okay, such, such as the English... Order of the Garter, the Swedish Royal Order of the Seraphim, which, man. Are... <laughs> <Do you> want... <laughs> I am a dame. I'm an Order of the Seraphim. <laughs> Not kidding around. You should fear oh. me. I, I do. <laughs> and the Royal Norwegian Order of St. Olaf. Um, which is not nearly as imposing as the Royal Frigging Order of the Seraphim. I mean, come on. Yeah. I guess so, I just imagine like, imagine like little chubby cherubs with swords. <laughs> okay, that's okay. That's not as terrifying. Yeah. It's still hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. Man, um, no, no Mark Twain though. Yeah, I'm really surprised because I thought that would get me at least close to it. Hmm. Um, yeah. Is there like a fiction section? Well, check this out. Well, they do talk about different books here, and I that's actually probably where I will go. Let's see. Oh, uh, here we are medieval and renaissance literature let's see let's see uh we have the song of roland well english i don't know in england that's probably the knights of the round table uh chaucer's knight's tale of course castiglione's the book of the courtier i don't know that don quixote oh yeah that would be hmm as well as sir thomas mallory's oh le morte arthur uh that might be a way to go so what do you think which one are you gonna pick uh, which oh hang on one stands out to me yeah huh i mean one stands out to me but i'm not i'm trying to think of which one twain would have read in making this in making this story he's either going to go i'm just super... thinking which one fits more his style yeah quixote really goes that direction for me yeah oh okay let's try it don quixote all right Nice. Don Quixote, Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell. Um, I once visited the Norman Rockwell Museum. Uh, <laughs> End of story. Good story, Tim. Sadly, I don't remember where it is. Oh. <laughs> I think it's in Stockbridge. I, I know I was no, there. I just in, don't know in, where I, I was. <laughs> it is in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. No wonder you couldn't remember where it was. Uh, I'm like, I'm trying to remember. Like, is it in Massachusetts? Was I ever in Massachusetts for a reason? Yes, I was. 
That was Massachusetts. That was Massachusetts. I don't remember. It I've never been there. It was great, I think. <laughs> so, um, Did you enjoy the museum? How old were you? Oh, jeez. I had to be what like, was I, was, I was in my teens. Oh, so there's no I'd way actually, you enjoyed anything on that trip. We had gone. Well, it was. I enjoyed it probably the most of anything. Uh, we went to Boston because I had somehow gotten in to try out for the Jeopardy team tournament in Boston. Oh, okay. Um, so we did that, and then the family made a little trip out of it. So we saw the the Norman Rockwell Museum, and then the whole rest of it. Like we wanted to see like Martha's Vineyard and stuff like that, but since it was in the fall and stuff, everything was kind of closed. Oh, so there wasn't really a whole lot else to do. Um, we stared at like the Kennedy Estate from a, a very far distance. Yay! <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty uh, awesome. Norman Rockwell has a very Americana um, feel to him. He has many, many um, iconic paintings that fit within the the America of. Uh, <laughs> is that a word? I I don't know. O u v r e e r. Uthra. And yes, it is. <laughs> Am I using it correctly? Pretty much, yeah. I should, Close I enough. Should not, I should not be using Frenchy type things. Um, not an American. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I have um, I have uh, some some lists of his major works here, and let's let's do a little quiz. Uh-oh. Oh no! I am going to give you a name, a title. I want you to tell me if Norman Rockwell painted that or not. Okay. 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 Let's do it. Okay. Uh, the Four Freedoms. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like something he did. That's correct. Can you yeah. name the Four Freedoms? Uh, actually four paintings. Oh, oh no. Are they uh, are they just like one word things like that? It's freedom of blank. Or freedom, freedom from blank. Freedom of religion. Nope. Freedom nope. from Well, you're close. Freedom of worship is one. Oh, worship, okay. that's it. Yeah. Cuz I I remember freedom several from, of these paintings and I um, can't think of what they are. Freedom from injustice? Uh no. One of them is the is that is that one of them like at, at the dinner table with that giant turkey? Yep. Is it like freedom of want of hunger or it, something? No, yep. Freedom from want. That's uh-huh. it. That one. Yep. I was just going to say poverty. So I guess that makes sense. Um, there's one of a man standing up in a crowd as if he's in like a town hall meeting. Freedom of expression. Close. Freedom of speech. Speech. Yeah, that's it. Of course. Free speech. Um, and the other one. Uh, it is. Two parents tucking uh, two children into bed. The the man is holding a newspaper. Whoa. I can't read what's Whoa. on the newspaper, but I have a feeling it's important. <laughs> that just changed the, the whole dynamic of that scene. <laughs> um, freedom. Freedom um, of bedtimes. Sleepy time. <laughs> um, the newspaper's headlines, it's, it's cut off, but it's like bombings kit, horror hit. It's War in Germany. In Germany, yeah. yep. Uh, freedom from oppression, from war. From war, yeah. Uh, freedom from fear. Oh dang! Whoa! Yep. Wow, that's yeah. that's actually really complicated. And wow, there's more to that than oh my gosh. There's could... 
There's a whole paper in that painting. Yeah, exactly. Some of his paintings have pretty deep stuff. Like you usually think of it like, oh, this is on the cover of a magazine or a nice glass or something from a collector set that you can pick up at sheets or something. I don't know. Well, a lot of them were for the for the post. It's true. But there's a lot of them that have like some connotations in them, too. Yeah, because if you think about the other people who would maybe not be involved, like the other families who would be around at that time and maybe not have that affluence to be able to do that and still look at the newspaper. Oh my gosh. Oh yep. man. So many exactly. ah, levels. <laughs> um, so, okay. Here's another one. Uh, the sand lot. <laughs> uh, no? sure. I'll say, yeah, no, oh, that's, okay. that's a movie. Ooh. Uh, Santa and expense book. That sounds oh, like, yes, totally. I think yes. I can picture that one. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's just like sitting there and Mrs. Claus is with the expense book and he's like, what? <laughs> uh, Rosie the Riveter. Mm, what? I don't no think way. he did Rosie the Riveter. There's no way he did. He absolutely uh, did do that. Wow. What? That's really cool, actually. I did not realize that. Yep. Now, he, it's not, I don't think it's the one that we commonly see. Oh. It's not the we can do it. Oh. You know, that oh okay. So he did one it's of them. It's this one. I'll show you. It's this one. The lesser known Rosie. It's, actually, I think it's cooler. I think Rosie, it's a better one. Rosie the lesser. Oh, holy cow. She is badass on that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. I have seen this one. Yeah. She's eating a sandwich with so many muscles. I mean, that she has woman. muscles, not the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, I mean, she's. I, I, I feel like they cut out part of this painting. She would be like sitting up on a skyscraper mm-hmm. or something, right? Because like that's what they yeah. yeah. Holy cow, that's awesome. Um, let's see here. Uh spying on Santa. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. I guess I'll say no. No. Oh dang. We're still even, Sky. Yep. Um a couple more. Okay. The Scoutmaster. Yes. Oh, that sounds like a yes. That is a yes. Yes. Um, if if he wasn't drawing Santa Claus a lot, he was drawing Boy Scout stuff because he actually uh, worked for Boy's Life magazine. Oh, okay. For a significant amount of time. I was going to say, I thought he had a connection there, but I wasn't certain. The last one, um, the problem we all live with. Whoa. whoa. Oh, I think I've seen this one. What? Yeah, oh, that, okay. that, that, yes. What would it be? Is it like systemic racism? Is it? That's is it, exactly what it is. Oh, okay. That is, that is exactly what it is. Oh, well then, yes. Yeah, it's like this little girl surrounded by men. Oh, wait, is this is this the one with the? Yes, the girl walking to school. Yeah. This is after uh, Brown versus Ford. Yep, depicting an incident of the American civil rights struggle of the early 1960s when Ruby Bridges entered first grade on the first day of court-ordered desegregation of New Orleans. Oh, that's school, fantastic. September 14th, 1960. I did not realize this was him. That's that's another one of his sort of powerful uh, paintings as yeah, well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, check out how white that girl's dress is. Like She's like, boom. Yeah, she's not... like right there. The, the yeah. people, like the people that are you know, like guarding her, escorting her, like they're... You know, the image is cut off at their heads. So you don't even really see them. You just see. Yeah, because who cares? No, she's the cool one. And then you have a, an awful word just sort of. Yep. <laughs> there in the background, kind of yeah. hidden. Oh, and yeah, man. it's that's that's a powerful image. 
That really is. You won't see that on your on your commemorative class. I always forget that's him that did this. Oh, so cool. So nice what I want to say, what I want to say is Rockwell is a, is a great painter. Like a lot of people think of him as kind of kind of kitsch, and in and in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of his stuff kind of was. You know, it was kind of the purpose of having that stuff on like the Saturday Evening Post and stuff. But he had a lot of other um, important paintings as well. See, I I still always view him as kind of a little bit tongue in cheek sometimes. Like I still think like he got a little bit more about the people outside, the, just the immediate view, like the focus point of a lot of the news. Like I think he understood people more than more than we give him credit for sometimes. Yeah. Um, in the in the article here it says Rockwell's work was dismissed by serious art critics in his lifetime. Many of his works appeared overly sweet in the opinion of modern critics, especially the Saturday Evening Post covers, which tend toward idealistic or sentimentalized portrayals of American life. Mm. This has led to the often uh, deprecatory adjective, 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 <laughs> adjective, adjective. Well, at least it's not Kincaid-esque. Uh, consequently, Rockwell is not considered a serious painter by some contemporary artists to regard his work as bourgeois and kitsch. Uh. Um, in later years, however, Rockwell <laughs> began receiving more attention as a painter when he chose more serious subjects, such as the series on racism for Look magazine. Um, one example of this more serious work is The Problem We All Live With, which we just yeah, discussed. Of course. Um, Rockwell's work was exhibited at the Solomon R. Guggenheim Museum in 2001. Rockwell's breaking home tie sold for fifteen point four million at a two thousand six Sotheby's auction. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. So, um, I kind of hit a really lucky. Street. What? What? Sorry. Um, Rockwell also was commissioned to illustrate more than forty books. Oh, oh no! Including... He would have done one of for for Mark Twain. Oh, oh yes. no! For Huckleberry Finn. Oh yeah. Oh no! Including Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Oh. Nice job. Which one do you want to Which one do you want to talk about? Better of the books, in my Ooh. opinion, Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, that's nice a correct choice. choice. Yes, much better. I think. Oh no, Tim. I'm sorry, guys. No, nice show. I did not see that coming. Well, I also am sorry because I got there too. What? Mark Twain is also on Don Quixote. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. Is he on there? Yeah. Yes. Oh no. It says Mark Twain's Adventures <laughs> of Huckleberry Finn. This is amazing. I have to talk about Don Quixote though because this book is so great. Have you guys read this? I Man have read portions of it. Uh, what? What's that? I've Man read. <laughs> I've read parts of it. So it is so ridiculous. Like, all right, it took me multiple tries to get through it because it's, it, I mean, it, it it is just dense with weirdness. Oh, yeah. You've got the it, weirdness. Well, especially because it's, you know, it's a world we didn't, we're right. not in. It's, and it's making social commentary on a society that doesn't, not around anymore. Yes. Yeah. So I, I have done, I just want to point this out. I tried to read it just like straight up book, you know, tried to read it once. Then I also, you know, failing that I was like, you know what? Screw this. This is so difficult to get through. I decided I then also got an audio version of it. <laughs> okay. And listened to someone read it to me for a while. And even that was like, I don't know. I still am not getting this. So I eventually like broke down and started like, sparks notes or well yeah sparks notesing my way through it like or cliff notesing or whatever but i read it but i 
every day I would come back and I was like, all right, so what did I actually read today? Uh, it's so great, guys. It's so ridiculous. And the history is great. And uh, I don't know if you guys caught, there is a, uh, there's a Radio Lab episode about Man of La Mancha, uh, specifically allu- alluding to this as like the first uh, European, anyway, um, unreliable narrator, for one. Oh, nice. Uh, and, and it's kind of the first fan fiction. Uh, because, all right, so just quick story here. Uh, Don Quixote is supposed to be a story that is passed to us by, by Miguel de Cervantes. He is collecting this from, he says that these stories are taken from a, a poet, uh, a Moorish poet who he is quoting directly. So he heard this story from a guy and he's just telling all of us this story. But then there are also some sections, like there's a whole chapter where, um, like, Quixote gets in a huge fight with someone and the chapter ends just as the, as the action's about to resolve and they're about to clash in the field. And the next chapter is like, I can't find the rest of these notes. It starts out like, I don't know how that ended, but so I'm so lazy. So I'm going to go to the next part of the story and just, just trust me. It it was okay. Guys, I don't want to write fight scenes. Okay. Oh, Tim, but it's, (laughs) but like as a reader, that's like, (laughs) that's so like just to have like the cojones to do that to your (laughs) readers. (laughs) Well, consider that up to that point, like, yeah, we're talking about uh, a a time period where, um, where the oral tradition is still a big part of this. Yeah. So how much more like storytelling is that than just, you know, writing down the story that's that's brilliant that's like a whole level of toying with the way that we tell stories yeah and you know what's great you mentioned that this is like a great example of uh the uh uh the unreliable narrator yeah unreliable i couldn't think of unreliable for some reason that's unreliable though yeah it's the first it's like one of the first examples of the unreliable narrator um when i when in my undergrad uh i started working at the school newspaper Okay. And it was called the Crusader for one. Oh no. And two, its like little logo was Don Quixote. Oh, like no. like a little stylistic drawing of Don That's Quixote. So great. That's and I so was great. like, what 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 is oh yeah, it's a knight, you know, like Crusader. Yeah. Like, no, but this is like Don Quixote. It's like a famous like it's like that little squiggle one. I didn't I see it on this say, page, but you know what I'm talking very, about. I'm gonna see if it's on this page. There is a very uh, well-known yeah. swivel drawing of Kyoto. It's not on here. Wow. That's what they're using. So that's like great. one of the one of the earliest examples of an unreliable narrator is the the logo of our school newspaper. So uh, well, it was kind of fitting, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's especially great because like, okay, so uh, Kyoto is published. Uh, the first story is you know he he actually. Um, yeah, like, you know, with the whole, with the windmills and everything like that. That book is published, smash hit, you know, across Europe. Just everyone loves it. How do you follow up with this? You, I mean, it's a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And Cervantes is, uh, you know, he's working on it. And he starts hearing all about other people who, rather than waiting for another story, they just start uh, making their own. Okay, cool. And That's what you meant by it being like one of the first examples of fan fiction. Oh, but it goes deeper than that. 
because oh geez slash fiction well sure i'm sure (laughs) but no no because one guy because uh uh, cervantes has not done anything for a while one guy is like well he's not really doing anything with it so i'm gonna write my own and another author literally wrote a sequel to it and oh wow uh, yeah, he yeah. You want to talk about cojones? That guy was like, yeah, well, he's not doing anything, so I might as well make money off of it. So he did, and uh, so what happens then is uh, Cervantes is of course ticked off about this, finishes his second book, and in the second story, uh, Quixote finds the dude, like <laughs> Quixote himself finds the guy in a bar. He's like, you've been telling stories about me that are not true. That's amazing. And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, and he actually makes the guy fight a duel because he was telling, yeah, because he was telling stories about him that were not, you know, he's like, you, how dare you impugn my honor? Uh, So this guy actually brought in a person from real life. (laughs) That's sweet. Oh, man. It's so ridiculous. I, like and the actual story itself is just really really i don't even know <laughs> it's it it's really ridiculous you should read it if you want if you get a chance uh it's very yeah. silly do it with a with a help with a guide somewhere along the line yeah i mean there's also just like it picks there out some probably, of the, like the, the better portions of it or like the ones that you can kind of read and yeah there's probably annotated standalones yeah well yeah. where are you gonna go kyle uh I, I do actually want to take one other side thing here. Okay. Um, I always wondered where the name came from. Quixote, Don Quixote. Yeah. Um, so as a military term, down down in the language area. By the way, uh, there are so many jokes about, uh, so many puns in this uh, book, so many. But um, apparently, his name is one of them. Uh, as a military term, the word Quixote or Quixote. Quixote, uh, J-O-T, Q-U-I-J-O-T, refers to cooses. The it's a it's a full suit of plate armor that you wear on your legs. Um, okay. Specifically protecting like your upper legs, and the Spanish suffix "ote" denotes the augmentative. For example, "grande" means large, but "grandote" means extra large. So, following this example, Quixote would suggest that. The Great Piano, a play on words that makes much sense in light of characters' uh, delusions of grandeur. He's basically saying the man's name is the giant suit of armor. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. So there you go. Uh, well, because he's ridiculous, and it, it, it there's nothing inside. Is what uh, I guess, yeah. An em- yeah. giant empty suit of armor, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, Anyway, anyway, Don Quixote, really good book. You should read it. Way better than Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and from here, uh, it is is had major influences on the literary community as evidenced by direct references in Dumas's The Three Musketeers, Mark Twain's The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, which I didn't realize. And, yeah, I uh, didn't know that either. And Rostand's Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, uh, wow. Okay. As well as the word quixotic. Which is direct is which is directly from him. Uh, Arthur Schopenhauer cited Don Quixote as one of the four greatest novels ever written. Uh, one of the four. Yes. Who's, who's you this know guy? What the other so I'm guessing are? it's number four. <laughs> because no one uses a number like that. 
Uh, you know what? This is one of the top six <laughs> of all time. I bet you don't know where I put it on that list. A German yes. philosopher. Yes, he's a German philosopher who thought the other three greatest novels are Tristram Shandy, La Nouvelle Eloise, and Wilhelm Meister. Well. Um, I know of one of those novels. Eloise is the one about the girl who lives in the hotel, right? Sure. No, you're... <laughs> Wait, is it? I I don't know. No. I don't know either. Okay. But hey, hey Mark, Twain. Mark Twain's on here. Oh, yeah. Adventures Fuckberry Finn. Check out that mustache, guys. Check out that mustache. All right. Let's talk about Huckleberry Finn first, though. Oh, oh, sure. Okay. So Huckleberry Finn, <laughs> book written by Mark Twain. Yep. And we get and we're there. Good job, da, guys. Da, da, Check da. out that mustache. Oh, yes. So. <laughs> um it is about the titular character Huckleberry Finn, who's just sort of a little, Rust. little miscreant, yeah, a little runaway. Um, but there's always sort of a um, controversy about whether this book is racist or anti-racist. Yeah, or is it like you know, is it being racist? Is Twain being racist in this, or is he being satirical, or journalistic um, in a sense too? Right, that's true. Because uh, Huckleberry Finn interacts with uh, an escaped slave named Jim. Mm-hmm. And the term is used to describe Jim several times through the book. And that seems to uh, rile some people. So the initial reception of the book was kind of mixed at best. Uh, uh, The article suggests that uh, the academic establishment responded to the book's challenges both dismissively and with confusion. Whoa. Um, During Twain's time and today, defenders of Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, quote, lump all non-academic critics of the book together as extremists and censors, uh, lust equating the complaints about the book's coarseness from the genteel bourgeois trustees. That's the second time I use bourgeois today. I was about to say, dang. Trustees of the Concord Public Library in the 1880s with more recent objections based on race and civil rights. So the... um, the Concord Public Library did famously uh, exclude the book uh, mm-hmm. from its shelves. And in its uh, explanation why, said, uh, the Concord Public Library Committee has decided to exclude Mark Twain's latest book from the library. One member of the committee says that while he does not wish to call it immoral, he thinks it contains but little humor and that of a very coarse type. Oof. He regards it as the various trash. The library and the other members of the committee entertain similar views, characterizing it as rough, coarse, and inelegant, dealing with a series of experiences not elevating, the whole book being more suited to the slums than to intelligent, respectable people. Uh, Twain (laughs) goes on to say, Twain later remarked to his editor, apparently the Concord Library has condemned Huck as trash and only suitable for the slums. This will sell us another 25,000 copies for sure. (laughs) Always a good sense of humor. Mm. In 1905, New York's Brooklyn Public Library also banned the book due to, quote, bad word choice, unquote, and Huck's having, quote, not only itched but scratched, unquote, within the novel, which was considered obscene. What? Wait, what? He itched and he scratched. You just don't do that in 1905. Wow. That is so awful. Uh, When asked, ooh, wow, whoa, there's some things that... When asked by a Brooklyn librarian about the situation, Twain replied, I am greatly troubled by what you say. I wrote Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn for adults exclusively, and it always distressed me when I find that boys and girls have been allowed access to them. What? Really? 
I think he's being facetious here. Yes. Because yes, the mind that becomes so soiled in youth can never again be washed clean. <laughs> I know this by my own experience, and to this day I cherish an unappeased bitterness against the unfaithful guardians of my young life, who not only permitted me, permitted but compelled me to read an unexpurgated, expurgated, expurgated, yeah. an Bible through before I was 15 years <laughs> old. None can do that and never draw a clean, sweet breath again on the side of the grave. <laughs> That's so amazing. Which he kind of does have a point about some of the stuff in the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. One weird thing about um, Huck Finn, if I remember this correctly, is he wrote about three-fourths of the book and then put it down for a while. And, uh, and then he picked it back up and, and wrote it very quickly, like the ending. And so there is one critique of it saying that like the ending is really slapped together and it kind of ruins the book as far as it being, you know, literature or like, you know, it, it, it's not as quality as the first, uh, you know, over half of it, especially yep. there is a weird part where like um, Jim is captured. Right. And Huck meets up with Tom and they kind of treat his his capture as a game which is is fair because they're kids, but well, yeah. the writing also kind of doesn't like, treat it great either. Yeah, like cue yakety sacks. Yeah, <laughs> and so there is there is that, but and then like then there is this moment where um where Tom gets hurt or something, and Jim should go, you know, because after they release Jim, like Jim should get out of there, but he stays with Tom, and I think he gets arrested and like taken back, yeah. um, basically recaptured again, and it's just like this really weird moment where it does kind of seem to fall apart a bit. So I know it's like kind of like, Oh, looking back, like, Oh, look at these old timey people. Like, you know, thinking that, you know, this was wrong. Cause it was saying, you know, uh, it was basically going against, um, slavery. Yeah. At the same time, there is some, there is some kind of merit to, to those that, and you know, it, it, it doesn't always get everything right. I don't think. Yeah. And maybe that is just Mark Twain being, way too clever for most people because he kind of <laughs> was sometimes but yeah it kind of it's kind of weird um yeah uh what you say about the last part of the book kind of falling flat uh hemingway uh criticized the book for that yeah uh he said hello hemingway declared all modern american literature comes from huck finn and hailed it as the best book we've had he cautioned if you must read it you must stop where jim is stolen from the boys that yeah. is the real end the rest is just cheating <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the other thing is, it's revealed that Jim is actually a free man after all. That oh, like the yes. the person who owned him uh, died, and like in the will freed him like oh, a few yeah. months earlier. I and, did not uh, remember any of this. I haven't read it since Jim, I was uh, Jim. Jim like knew kid. this. Jim knew this when they were coming up with the plan, and he just went along with it because he wanted to make a plan and do this. Or not, Jim oh. knew this. Tom knew this. Yeah. Tom oh. knew this, and like he wanted to come up with with this plan. Um. So, yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> wow. It's, yeah, it's it's really weird. And well, I think it I is mean, like Tom one of those... is that kind of character, though. He yeah, he, I could totally see him knowing that and still wanting to do it for the sake of having a chance to make a plan. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, he it does fits his, like it's weird. Plans. It fits his character. But it, I think it's also maybe it's just like him coming into the story like he does hurts it. And maybe he does. Yeah, he, I guess that is true to his character. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it's true to the novel. Like it doesn't feel like that's the fair. first three fourths of the novel kind of should lead up to this. But yeah. Anyway, that's, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough about that. Uh, yeah, I have. I've now. I kind of want to go back and read it again. I have not read it since I, I would have been a teenager. 
Yeah. I mean, there's also a lot of criticism that, that, you know, Twain paints Jim as kind of a really dumb sort of yes bumbling and like yeah but same but then you know if they're on you know if most slaves are uneducated and you know they're kind <laughs> yeah. of expected to be that way in society it's like there's all these different it's there's complicated. levels to it yeah that, yes yeah. so um what a, yeah go ahead i just want to say that that tom and hook have been depicted in in many film and media depictions oh no of depicting oh no uh that includes uh an anime from 1976. Yep. Sure. From 76? What? Really? Yep. yep. A 1975 ABC movie of the week with Ron Howard as Huck Finn. Sure. Oh, no. Okay. He's just uh, in everything. A musical in 1974. Uh, Tom Sawyer Detective in 1938. It's based uh, on one of the stories, yes. Yep. And uh, Tomato Sawyer and Huckleberry Larry's Big River Rescue, a VeggieTales parody of Huckleberry Finn. Oh, wow. With wow. Larry the Cucumber as the titular character. Wow. Considered by many to be the best uh, recreation of Huckleberry Finn. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't think it says that. <laughs> no. I don't think it says that part. Oh, so, man, that's so great. Yep. But, man, you hit Mark Twain first. Congratulations. No, you did. You actually got there before I did. You are you were in the lead. No, you didn't. No, what? you got it. He was on, he was on Adventures of Cody. Huckleberry Finn. Oh, my gosh. You just right. had to. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, Twain was not on uh, Rockwell's. I'm sorry, I misheard you. I really thought it. I thought you said Mark Twain's Adventures of Huckleberry. No, no, it just had. It just had. Yeah, that was the oh, editor. No. Yeah, you just got the right editor, I guess. <laughs> uh, oh, well, good, good this, job, this was, Kyle. This is a game of inches, man. Yeah. So Mark Twain, we've kind of already talked about him a bit, but yep. Is there he's anything you guys guy. want? America's favorite smartass. Oh, he's so smartassy. <laughs> if if that's not his official nickname, it should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I, man, I mean, what would we have done if we had not had a Mark Twain? Yeah. Like a, a the Samuel Clemens of our, you know, I, I, I can't imagine what American literature and or culture would look like without him. Yep. It's and, pretty special. And without this 1850 picture of him at, at age 15. Oh, wow. Check wow. this out. Same. Check what is going on with this that out. I'm pretty sure it's a hat. Yeah, I think it's a hat, but it's just weird. But even so, yes. So let's see. Uh, early life of Samuel Clemens, born in Florida, Missouri. Uh, to, to do. Um, uh, he was the sixth of seven children, but only three of his siblings survived childhood. One of his brothers named Orion, which how, what? That's, that's a great name. Orion Clemens. Oh man. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, his sister Pamela and Henry. Um, let's see. He moved to Hannibal, Missouri when he was four, which is the, which is what inspired the town for uh, of St. Petersburg for the adventures of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. Is there a St. Petersburg, Missouri now that, that is supposed to be that? I have place? no idea. Let's check. St. Petersburg, Missouri. Am I spelling Missouri correctly? Yes. St. Peter's, Missouri. No, there's not. Uh, there's a St. Peter's, Missouri. I'm not seeing a St. Petersburg, Missouri. And the rest of the links are all to Huckleberry Finn. So anyway, he is an interesting guy. 
he spent a lot of time near the rivers, <laughs> near the Mississippi. He understood uh, American culture in a way that most people never really got. That's true. Even looking at the time. Um, one of my favorite things that he wrote, and it's it's not very well known. Um, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but he wrote like these little like short stories um, about Adam and Eve. Have you guys <laughs> read any of these? No. There's one that's like Adam's diary and Eve's diary. And I think I read parts of Eve's diary, but they're amazing. Um, I might actually, I think I have, I think I have it in one of the books over my bookshelf. I might go grab it in a second and read some of it to you. But cause like, it's, it's basically like, um, it's basically Eve's diary, like at, like before the fall. Oh no. It's, oh, no. it's like, it's like, yeah, I think it happens before and after, but like she has like a kid and she doesn't know what to do with it. And she's like, She's like, I think it's a fish. It looks kind of like a fish. And she like tries to put it in the water and like, and like Adam has to like save it and stuff. Oh no. And like, and then like Adam doesn't really know what to do with Eve. And it's just, it's really, it's, it's really funny in a Mark Twainian way. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, did you guys know that he was really into science? Yes. Uh, apparently he had he a out with close Tesla. and lasting friendship with uh, Nikola Tesla. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a great picture of him, like, with a Tesla. I see it here. Orb. They shared they shared hairstyling tips. They really did. If that shouldn't have been my first giveaway that they were friends, I don't know what would have been. Uh, according to this, though, he's patented three inventions, including an improvement in adjustable and detachable straps for garments <laughs> to replace suspenders. And a history trivia game. They do not. Oh, oh, here's the last one. Most commercially su commercially successful was a self pasting scrapbook that had a dried adhesive on the pages that you moistened before you used. Wow, that's crazy. That's a great idea, actually. Like one of those geniuses. Yeah. Just a second. I want to find this this book. So, um, Mark Twain's grave is in Elmira, New York, which is not too far from where I grew up. I kind of wish I had visited it before I moved to Michigan. <laughs> oh, uh, do you know? Uh, do you know who's buried in Mark Twain's grave? Mark Twain. Oh yeah, I mean. Well, yes. actually, no. Samuel Clemens is. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> wow. Look at you guys. Uh, <laughs> um, well, um, just for the record, both names are on the gravestone. Oh, that's that's actually pretty nice. The Mark Twain name though is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I'm looking at it. Yeah. I always forget that his yep. middle name is Langhorn because that's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, this is pretty great. Uh, they have a quote here, and, and just in terms of his life and death, they have a quote here from 1909. Uh, okay. He said, I came in with Halley's Comet in 1835. It is coming again next year, and I expect to go out with it. It will be the greatest disappointment of my life if I don't go out with Halley's Comet. The Almighty has said, no doubt. Now here are these two unaccountable freaks. They came in together. They must go out together. He died that year. <laughs> <laughs> he died one day after the comet's closest approach to Earth. That's that's crazy. It's so beautiful. Um, I I found a snippet here. It's extracts from uh, Adam's diary. Okay. Um. Wednesday built me a shelter against the rain, but could not have it to myself in peace. The new creature intruded. When I tried to put it out. Um, it shed water out of the holes it looks with and wiped it away with the back of its paws and made a noise such as some of the other animals make when they are in distress. 
<laughs> I wish it would not talk. It is always talking. Okay, now this is turning bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was always talking. It sounds like a cheap fling. Uh, that this sounds like a cheap fling at the poor creature, a slur. But I do not mean it so. I have never heard the human voice before, and any new and strange sound intruding itself here upon the cell. The solemn hut, hush of these dreaming solitudes offends my ear and seems a false note. So, wow, he even knew that we'd be, uh, yeah, we'd be correcting him. This new sound is so close to me. It is right at my shoulder, right at my ear, first on one side and then on the other. And I'm only, and I'm used to only sounds that are more or less distant from me. Friday. The naming goes recklessly on in spite of anything <laughs> I can do. <laughs> I had a very good name for the estate and it was musical and pretty. Garden of Eden. Privately, I continue to call it that, but not any longer publicly. The new creature says it is all woods and rocks and scenery, and therefore no resemblance to a garden. It says it looks like a park, and does not look like anything but a park. <laughs> Consequently, without consulting me, it has, it has uh, been, or consulting me, it has been new named. Niagara Falls Park. This oh, is sufficiently no. high-handed, end high -handed, it seems to me, and already there's a sign up. <laughs> there's a sign here, and it says, keep <laughs> off the grass. My life is not as happy as it was. <laughs> yeah, I forgot the other the other premise of this diary is that the Garden of Eden is at Niagara Falls for some reason. Sure, why not? But yeah, I love that that piece. That is I pretty should, great. I find the whole thing. Oh man, Mark Twain's so cool. Yep, his nonfiction uh, is pretty great too. That was a good run, like, though. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, look at you guys. See, it wasn't so hard. We could have probably made it from chicken too. We probably could have actually. You, did, you both did find weird ways that we were not expecting. Like it's weird. It's very rare that we're like, "Oh, here it is." That's weird. You know yeah. what I mean? Usually we have to hunt for it. Jeez, oh, yeah, I thought that. I thought I had nailed it. I'm like, "Whoa!" I well, here's the thing. Like as I was looking at the different books, I know that uh, he quotes uh, some actual some actual stories, uh, like older stories about King Arthur, and I think. He, I think he actually in that story in that book, and I think he quotes that uh, Lamort d'Arthur. Uh, like I think it, I think that's the one that he quotes. I was like, oh yeah, that'll get there. But then as soon as you mentioned Don Quixote, like oh that's the same style. I'm like oh wait, yeah no, that's perfect. That yeah. you know, that'll that'll definitely get there. Yeah, fit. Oh, Good job, man. guys. That was so great. Cool. Well done, everyone. Well. You guys can find us on the Twitters at uh, at WSKBcast. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Um, and you can always find us on iTunes. And our website is uh, WSKBcast.blogspot.com. So you can find us all those different places. And if you do find us at any of those places, say hi and maybe leave us a review. That would yeah, be pretty sure. cool. If, if you find anything cool that you're like, oh man, those three nerds would like this, you should like tweet it to us or Facebook it to us and we'll we'll uh, tweet it out for other people to enjoy. Because we're all nerds here. But yeah, I should get back into posting things on on Twitter and Facebook a little bit more. I mean, I yeah. post all the episodes, but you know, I, I should find more time to find little neat things that we talk about. Oh, sure, yeah. Like like this cool picture of Mark Twain with the with the Tesla orb. Yeah, and I know we've very sweet. I know we've been talking about that, like, well, once the summer's over and things get less busy, we can uh, switch back to weekly. And maybe that's coming up soon. But my fall looks like the most busy time ever. We can figure it out. We might we just need to suck it, it up and start doing it. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, I, I really, really, what it's come down to. I didn't want to tell you guys, but the reason I've been holding back on uh going back to weekly is that where i have where i keep the mic on my desk when we're not when i'm not using it yeah 
is exactly where I, I use it to help hold my my mail from you know from day to day. Okay. So I'll, I'll just drop it on my desk and it props it all up on the on the mic. And so if I'm not answering my mail like immediately, I just leave it there. And one of I mean that's really the reason why we haven't <laughs> okay. done a, a show because I don't want to have to move my mail. Move all your mail. Nice. Yeah. It's hey I had to. It's all stacked in one place on the other side of my desk right now. Okay. It's total chaos, Sky. Total chaos. <laughs> this podcast is ruining your life. It is. Ruining it. All right. Anything else? <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, we can all... I, I, I know that we just got used to the, to the slap quack as, slap as my, as my uh, thing now. But I think, uh, I think that... You know, we were so close, but not quite right. I think what really it needs to be is the uh, quack slap. Yeah. So, uh, Branding so, wise, that's the. Yeah. That sounds that sounds like a, a move from the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so instead <laughs> of that, sounds like an infomercial like, on it. Like you know, it would be something more like this. In the morning. Whoa, that sounds like more threatening. That actually does. Now that I hear it. <laughs> nope. We're gonna stick with the slap quack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry guys. Wow, that got that got dark fast. <laughs> uh, uh, we need we need a closing. We need to do like and this has been another episode <laughs> of We Should Know Better. Um, I need I need to make a, a revision of something I said earlier in, in the podcast. Okay. Um I would not be a Rhode Island red. Ooh. I would be a Rhode Island white. Oh, oh what okay. chicken you are? Yeah. Well, I, I definitely want to be one of the jungle fowl. Hold on a second. Yeah, I just want to be climbing trees as a chicken. I Yeah. Holy, I mean, just look at those <laughs> yes. feathers. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, yeah, see? Just, see? No, just a second, just a second. Hold on. I let's... am a buff Orpington. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where are you finding these kinds of chickens? I want to uh, see. I'm Hold looking on. in breeds of chickens. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly, look at this thing. Look at this majestic chicken. Hold on a second. Whoa, whoa! Yeah. (laughs) So buff. It is buff Orpington. Oh my gosh! That is funny. That's amazing. That's so amazing. Uh, This has been our chicken podcast. Yeah. We should collect better. Oh, that's so great. All right. Hang on a second. I got to look as well and see. Hold on. And that's just media. List of chicken breeds. All oh right. Gosh, I'm in love with this chicken. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you better watch it. It's uh, a breed of chicken named after the town of Orpington, Kent in Southeast England. <laughs> Clearly. All right, where where's this dumb list of chicken breeds? I'm not its this. large size and soft appearance, together with its rich color and gentle contours, make it very. <laughs> is that a chicken or a car? And as such, its popularity has grown as a showbird rather than a utility breed. Whoa! Hens often become broody and are good mothers. Oh yeah! Oh Although rather heavy, they're able to fly small distances to really do so. Oh my gosh! Is I feel like there's they have the blue hen, uh, the Delaware blue hen here, but in the the description on the breeds page, it says the blue hen of Delaware, and I feel like there's at least one folk song called the blue hen of Delaware. There should be, at least one. At least one. Yeah, we really do need an an exit though. 
like yeah. just all us singing all of us singing the the theme song we just need to get out of here we just moved through it too fast we don't know no, what to you do. gotta you gotta get the duck pen out for that yes <laughs> <laughs> all right guys I'll see you next week or maybe the week after. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Oh, like a vengeful duck. <laughs> it's just Nighthawks. It's not the Nighthawks. There it is. Hang on a second. Tim wins. We're done. Nighthawks is a painting. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It is just called. Red. <laughs> yes. Oh, hi, Steven. You called me at seven? Oh, I stand corrected. We're doing it now. We're doing it live. <laughs> hey, Steven, what kind of chicken would you be? Tim wants to know what kind of chicken you would be if you were a chicken. A grilled chicken. He That's says. a good answer. That's a healthy That's answer. A good that answer. is a that is a healthy answer. <laughs>